0: I'm not friends with anyone I don't trust. I have to have a trust with someone to be their friend. And uh, he's the one that ratted me to Vince when I tried to unionize. I found that out under federal deposition when Vince was put under SWORD. And he didn't hesitate at all. Off and uh, Hogan, they don't, the only thing Hulk Hogan ever knew was how to make Hulk Hogan. He doesn't know anything to even tell him. He's got no zero to offer. And uh, Hogan was pretty limited. The only thing he knew how to do was this and a leg drop. Like, and then I started saying it, you know, and I always said it, Just and, and, but now all of a sudden I get heat when I say it, and they say, oh, you can't say that simple, why can't they say it to me then? It's like... Well, if it ain't the teeny whiners... Mr. Teeny Weiner himself. Who's Teeny Weiner? Teeny Weiner. Did you watch the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Look at the unfortunately, I did. (laughs) Look at the guy with the teeny (laughs) (laughs) Weiner. This is VHS Cult. I am Vincent Kyle McMahon, and this is unbelievable. <laughs> and I'm Sean Macho Man McDonald. <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta Macho Man pitch. <laughs> Sit down there. One second there, Vincent. Yeah. Oh, one. Boom. Size ready. There we go. <laughs> All right secret agent macho man oh yeah the macho man Man flying all over the world seeing beautiful ladies oh yeah i like my martini out of sensational sherry's high heel damn that's hot it's gonna make a billion this should have been a macho man movie Oh, for 100%. He's way more charismatic than Hulk Hogan.
1: Hulk Hogan's yeah, such Hulk a fucking Hulk Hogan's just a big guy. That's he's like, such he a fucking
0: weirdo. Everything about him is so weird. I can't believe <laughs> like, can I, him has I'm going to uh, make a Twitter post um about his, the fucking fashion sense he has in this movie when I launch this podcast because what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I love his uh business uh rip outfit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, black and red one. <laughs> I got to go do some business. Let me put on my business gear. <laughs> This is no how you know. I'm serious, brother. Mm-hmm. So he's serving a major looks in this film. Uh, the scene where he's at the, uh, I don't know, orphan party <laughs> <laughs> and he's in that blue and white, super tight get up, like white boots and a white weightlifting belt and shit. That's, I'm wearing that for Halloween, guaranteed. <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna rip him. He'll <laughs> yeah, rip, him. rip him. I, 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 the, the funniest rip thing to him, me, brother. um, is that they somehow came up with a worse name for him than Hulk Hogan? <laughs> yeah, the, rip. the rip. Ripper. He's a Ripper. He rip them, him, rip give him the Rip. Give <laughs> the Rip. It's ripping Randy. Whoa! Unbelievable. Uh, real quick, size. before we get into this classic American film we watched, you notice that it seems like Marvel fans think that The Irishman is the only non-Marvel movie that's been released in the last decade. <laughs> I'm not I don't really pay attention much to um outs to movie podcasts outside of or movie uh internet shit in general outside oh, of our okay. little niche. So mm-hmm. I have no clue, but sure. Yeah, anytime I see someone making a complaint about a Marvel product, the someone's response is always like, hey, Well, you sat through the Irishman, huh? <laughs> Martin Scorsese, the only director that's outside of Marvel and Irishman, the only film that's been made, not by Marvel. <laughs> Wait, wait till they found out I sat through Lawrence of Arabia. That was a mistake. <laughs> was it, Kyle? Hey, my man's the, beautiful um, blue eyes. Spartacus instead. I've seen Spartacus too. <laughs> <laughs> Should have <laughs> watched Assassination of Jesse James instead. Oh, you know what? I've still not seen that movie. Yeah, my favorite movie <laughs> of all time, you jerk. The wow, wow. Well, I know you've seen my favorite movie of all time because I've watched it with you a hundred times. What is That's it? right. Transformers the movie. Oh, Transformers movie is pretty good. I'm regressing, party goose. Yeah, the, that's part of the K non lifestyle. Is, I mean, <laughs> Constant re- regression, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> arrested development. I only like baby shit now, just like uh, most of my generation. <laughs> but I, I, I like different baby shit instead of Marvel baby shit, Transformer. <laughs> Still not, not like the him. Michael Bay shit. No, no, that Michael Bay bull shit, classic Bumble, shit. Bumblebee was pretty good though. Bumblebeef. I never actually ended up watching Bumblebeef. Maybe I'll watch it someday. If you're bored, it's not a bad movie. I just know that the Blitzwing is the antagonist, but he doesn't have the gold chain. Oh well, I mean Blitzwing is the antagonist, but he's like red and he looks like Starscream. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but you know the coolest part of Blitzwing's original design is it looks like he's wearing a gold chain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember him from, what was it, uh, the episode where him and Astro Train take over and Astro mm-hmm. Train makes like a series of, uh, AI controlled trains that he controls. Yeah. And then Swing just takes over a, like a football stadium. <laughs> the coolest thing about the original Transformers is like anything could happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like in uh, No Holds Barred where um, anything can happen I think nothing happens but nothing no does. It's one of those films where it's a series of loose events are all tied together leading up to um, the final showdown. It sucks. <laughs> With Debo. No Raid. The display of strength and determination 1989. I am a real American. I got the height of Hulkamania five for your. Yeah, this is absolutely the like 89 mm, to 91. That's that's Hulk Hogan, the peak of Hulkamania. It's only got a 4.4 on IMDb, though. So, you, you know, <laughs> that might gonna, be a little hot. <laughs> you know, this shit's gonna bang around. Directed by Thomas J. Wright, who did TV movies before this. <laughs> Directed then, is a loose term. For yeah, this one. <laughs> continued to do TV shows after that. Some highlights. Highlander TV show. A couple episodes of The X-Files. Um, NCIS. Supernatural. Dumb shit. He's a poor bastard. <laughs> uh, the credited writer, Dennis Hacken. Nobody. He didn't write He's a Dennis hacker. Huh? He's, he's a hack, that's for sure. Synopsis The TV network boss pits a wrestler called Zeus Against a wrestler called Rip in a wrestling match Yep (laughs) (laughs) Produced by star Hulk Hogan And of course Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon Oh Oh, I love his metal tarsals Show me the beef Oh Oh, delts. When the first draft of the script was turned in Hogan and McMahon disapproved of it So they checked into a hotel And stayed up for 72 hours rewriting the script together um, basically, shit. they were just doing <laughs> cocaine <laughs> They were just doing cocaine Probably lifting weights And they maybe tossed out a few uh, lines of dialogue <laughs> Alright, listen, holster What about no. opening scenes in slow motion And you just grunt a lot Yeah, yeah brother <laughs> What if at one point there was almost a rape And I ran over a guy with a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what if I gotta You gotta fight your way out of the back of a limousine I'll bust out of it. And then the driver's got Dookie in his drawers. That was definitely a Vince McMahon uh, changed to the script because apparently Vince McMahon fucking loves shit humor. Shit and, and puke humor. I remember, wait, puke? Wasn't it puke? The Darren Drozdov, mm-hmm. the wrestler who was called puke? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, it was puke. And then he got powerbombed by D-Lo Green, uh, permanently quadriplegic. So, wow, well, that's a uh, sudden twist to the, yep. the story about puke. Well, that's wrestling for you. Uh, later on, when the movie was mentioned on an episode of Monday Night Raw during the Monday Night Wars, which, of course, Hulk Hogan was wrestling for WCW at the time, Jim Ross quipped that the movie had done so poorly that it should have been called No Profit Allowed. Obviously, that, That's a line fed from Vince McMahon, 100%. Which is funny. Uh, he's in the it, backyard, the t- in the background, talking. I know it. Well, no, yeah, Vince McMahon's in everyone's ear when they're doing their broadcasting shit. It's to take a dig at Hulk Hogan, but um, Vince McMahon, you're also responsible for the shit movie. (laughs) (laughs) I find it hard. This movie did not cost a lot to make. He definitely turned a profit. It might have been small. Oh, no, he definitely made money off of this movie. Hell, yeah. That's why he kept trying to re-perpetuate it on the actual WWF. Right. I definitely remember uh, Debo fighting Hulk Hogan in, in a cage match at one point. Well, there's three matches. There's uh, two tag matches, which uh, Hogan and Beaver versus Macho Man and Zeus. And Ooh, brother. Eventually, they uh, did a, a solo pay-per-view where Hulkster fought uh, Zeus in a steel cage match. All of them did terrible because uh, <laughs> Zeus couldn't uh, couldn't wrestle. <laughs> and also, Beaver and Hogan couldn't wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, of the three, Hogan, Hogan might be the best wrestler, but it is narrow. <laughs> yeah, it's Macho Man. We need Macho Man. I need you to get out there and carry the goddamn match. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. All right, let's Macho go. Man needs a super agent, Macho Dragon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In three minutes, you and me, Hogan. Be a man, Hogan. You little baby bitch, Hogan. <laughs> Um, let's go over the Hulkster's uh, rise to prominence leading up to this point in 1989. There's a lot of details that I forgot about in his early career that uh, I just want to bring up because it's it's just funny shit. Okay, <laughs> like I mean, Hulk Hogan, I can't believe this man exists. To be honest, <laughs> that's like every wrestler. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, at least like the Rock makes sense because he seems like a normal human being, and um. You know, he seems like a real person <laughs> you know, Every other like Famous wrestler is like I, I don't get it, like John Cena like, like Hulk Hogan it, it, The shit that flies And is considered cool in wrestling it, To me seems completely untranslatable To like the mainstream right. But somehow it happens You so, describe Randy Orton Yeah, like <laughs> my, my thinking is like You know, deep down inside we're all Fucking carny punches at heart, aren't we? deep down inside everyone wants to shit in someone's handbag <laughs> all right born terry baloney <laughs> terry baloney again it's professional that's wrestler. not the correct pronunciation but I don't know if it'll fly let <laughs> well, terry Balia, but we're calling him terry baloney Side wrestling career in 1977 of course did not gain worldwide recognition until after signing the wwf in 1983 there, his persona as heroic All-American helped usher in the 1980s professional wrestling boom, where he headlined the first nine editions of WWS flagship annual event, Wrestlemania. But how did he get there, huh? How did he get to that wrestling mania where he's slamming Andre the Giant, even though he'd already slammed Andre the Giant before? I don't know. How did he get there? He was born in Georgia. He did some Georgia? shit. Then he went to Tampa. Florida played baseball there. He was getting scouted and shit, but he had to stop playing due to injury. He went on to play fretless bass in Tampa area rock bands, including a band called Ruckus, which became popular in the Tampa area. At one point, he decided to be a wrestler, though, and decided to steal everything from superstar Billy Graham. (laughs) Um, while While he was in the band Ruckus, they used to play at a club that was frequented by wrestlers including the Briscoe brothers. Uh, they thought he'd be good at wrestling because he is a big boy. My name's Don. What's your name? Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald. I'm your brother. Gerald Briscoe. <laughs> uh, they brought him into Championship Wrestling Florida. He was apparently trained by Hiro Matsuda. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. I actually read Hulk Hogan's biography at one point. I read his and, and McFoy's. You talk about oh, I'm not a racist. I'm, me and the brothers getting no, on no, the no. Bro. that that hadn't come out yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess he got he got tired of Suda's style of uh, training and the which is her. like hard as shit. Yeah, I'm mean, strong style man. Japan's all about it. your pussy if you can't help strong style. What the are, are you trying to do? Get your, You're not trying to get your hair pulled and like chopped for real. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'm gonna make a million dollars, baby. Well, how are you going to survive when they drop you into a piranha pit? <laughs> if you're not tough. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember Nails from uh, WWF. Oh, yeah. He took the stand in the steroid um uh, trial. And they said, is it true you have personal animosity with Vince McMahon? And he said no. And then they asked him, is it true that you hate Vince McMahon? And he said yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not personal. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they just not the cream of the crop in the wrestling game. <laughs> Aside from a few outliers. <laughs> you got your Rowdy Pipers and... Mick Foley. Oh, yeah, Mick. Um, I don't know. Maybe some of the newer guys seem a lot smarter. That's actually kind of a result of Hulk Hogan making wrestling mainstream, though. Because it was generation after generation of dumb carnies is why it was like so gnarly up until like the last 20 years because <laughs> it once became popular in the 80s and 90s that meant that like normal people were exposed to it and maybe you would want to do it and they were able to change the culture significantly so that it's not just a bunch of dumb carnies running around raping women and shit <laughs> um so he dropped he's gave up on wrestling for a little bit uh he opened a gym um and started working out with none other than ed leslie the for himself <laughs> So uh, just, Bruce Barber, Beefcake, for any of you uh, fans out oh, there like yeah, that yeah, don't, yeah. don't watch 80s wrestling, which I, I, if you're watching this podcast, or uh, I guess listening to it, you can't see our faces as far as I know, mm. then um, you should probably already know who Beefcake is. Yeah, also, He's, also oh, he's all the uh, disciple, right? Uh, yeah, and the booty man and Zodiac and WCW. Uh, he's he's had a lot of gimmicks all of them pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll refer to him mostly as a beefer. Uh, the, Hogan decided they should be a tag team and start wrestling again. Uh, superstar Billy Graham got him a job at some Alabama promotion. Uh, he worked there for a little bit. Then Jerry Jarrett offered um, Beefer and Hogan $800 a week to work for his promotion. Which oh, was, that's, that's a lot of money back then. A back lot back. of I'll, fucking I'll money, shit, yeah. I'll take $800 a week right now to wrestle. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, down in Memphis. Uh, they did that well, that's for 800, 800 each, right? You want to yeah. form a tag team, Kyle? We're big enough. We can do it i was like fucking i'm ready to play hulk hogan in a biopic i'll need to put on like 50 more pounds of muscle but give me some steroids movie movie producers i'm ready um terry funk introduced mr big biceps hulk hogan himself to vinnie max senior that would be vincent james mcmahon of the galway (laughs) mcmahon's uh mcmahon he loved hulgan's look look because he's a big fella get it this is this is wrestling so especially back in the old days uh he just be a big fella, and they're like, oh, look at that brief. Uh, he did want um, Tony uh, Terry Bologna to use an Irish name, though, because the McMahons are obsessed with that shit for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to dye his hair, too, if I remember right. Like, yeah, they, so they gave him the name Hogan, also wanted him to dye his hair red. Uh, Hogan claims his hair was already beginning to fall out, which, yeah, probably. <laughs> so he refused it to dye I it. mean, the thing is, though, it fell out to a point and then just stopped. He's just piebald, you know what I mean? That's what happens to, like, a lot of men. Also, I mean, like, dying his hair is not going to make it last any longer uh, one way or the other, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, like, 1981 yeah, science. It's like, you're just going bald, man. That's all there is. <laughs> uh, he didn't want to, though, so he said, I'll be blonde Irish, which like, they exist, I guess. He made his first appearance <laughs> at Madison Square Garden, defeating Ted DiBiase, the billion dollars man. After, yeah, he'd have um, to be a billion-dollar man now, wouldn't he? Yeah, that'd give me, you'd have to be a billionaire now. You'd have to be like the Amazon man. Basically played Jeff Bezos. Bezos. <laughs> oh, man, do I got a gimmick for you <laughs> as a tag team? <laughs> uh, he defeated him with a bear hug because he didn't have a signature leg drop yet. Uh, then he did a series of matches with none other than the duck arse himself, Bob Backlund. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the the series of matches for the WWF heavyweight championship. Bob Backlund was like the um he would he's like the transitional champion from uh like legitimate shit to from like McMahon senior to uh, yeah. McMahon junior basically, yeah. and then he started the feud the first big feud with none other than Andre the Giant, which culminated in a match with Andre at Shea Stadium in August 1980, where Hulk Hogan did slam Andre. And even though it's wrestling, so they just make bullshit up. The- well, no <laughs> one saw it, though. It doesn't count. Whoever's <laughs> well, at Shea Stadium, probably our parents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to Shea Stadium. At <laughs> to point. watch wrestling. I don't, remember, I don't remember mom and dad really being into wrestling. Our dad talked about seeing it down like San Mateo and stuff. When it Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, like, that's like kind of thing. Like, oh, I, my friends, are we're going to have some beers and see wrestling. I do that right now, but that's that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, I do. I also I do remember like Uncle Jim and Aunt Pat talking about watching like Jerry Wall- Waller on uh, TV yeah, on Memphis. It. Yeah, but like, was, this was back when it was still territorial days. So you know, territorial days, you weren't seeing like WWF didn't exist as it existed yet. No, Basically. it was also WWWF mm-hmm. Um, Hogan gets sent to Japan for a while because uh, he doesn't know how to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> Go throw chairs at Jay Japanese. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Japanese wrestling fans nicknamed him Ichiban, which is you know number one, the greatest basically, because they're just like, Whoa, shit, that's a big, <laughs> he, that's, that's a giant man, <laughs> that's a big gaijin right there. Uh, Hogan and Antonio Inoki, uh, worked as partners in Japan, winning the Madison Square Garden Tag League tournament two years in a row, in 82 and 83. He then went on to film his scene for Rocky Three. Uh, he did this against Thunderlips, did this against McMahon senior's wishes. So, right, he was like fired for like a, a day. Yeah, so Hogan went to American Wrestling Association, which was owned by Vern Gagne. Uh, he did c- a couple years there doing cocaine and steroids, and then went back to WWF. Now that Vince McMahon, uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon was in charge. Oh my god, this is when Look at uh, his triceps. Yeah, so Vince is, he's got plans to expand the territory into a nationwide promotion, and he's, he's got had, plans to destroy everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> He handpicked Hogan to be the company's showpiece attraction due to his charisma and name recognition. Boom. Hulkamania begins. Got Wrestlemania. What about me over here? Super secret agent macho man dragon 00317 Rock and roll wrestling. (laughs) Mega powers. Uh, He betrays (laughs) Jesse Ventura to McMahon when Jesse wanted to unionize the wrestlers. (laughs) He's using his clout backstage to help his friends like befer and fuck over better wrestlers. All the great Hulkster stuff. That's the real Hulkamania. <laughs> That's fucking just wrestling in general. Hogan is absolutely the worst offender of that shit. Like I love Hulk Hogan specifically because in the he's representative of what like his character is what the mainstream thinks of wrestling, right? And then, um, h- the real him is absolutely the pinnacle of what wrestling is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually kind of like what we talked about John Wayne, right? the uh, the p- character he portrayed on screen is not the person he was. Well, the character he portrays on screen is an American hero, and then in real life, he's the real version of an American. <laughs> 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 That's the same thing with Hogan, where he's an American hero, and then in real life he's a shitty capitalist, disloyal, racist piece of shit. <laughs> He's not disloyal. He dragged beef around forever. Well, until he did. Uh, until he did <laughs> yeah. Finally, it's 89, and it's time for No Holds Barred. Hulk Hogan is also big old sweaty cocaine dick racist, so keep that in mind. Uh, aside from Hulkster, though, we do have Tom, Tiny Lister. Uh, he debuted in our last episode. That was his uh, first film appearance in Clip Piercer, also known as Runaway Train. <laughs> was uh, he, he in Runaway Train? I don't remember him. He's the guy that was running the elevator that talks to Eric Roberts. Oh, it was a really short scene. I don't know. It's a very, it's like a 10 minute scene and dialogue heavy. And it's very much. Did I mention him in that scene? I I think I did in the podcast. No, you did. did. I did. (laughs) I don't know where you're doing that scene. It was one of the best scenes in the movie, to be honest. (laughs) Well, I do remember the scene. I just, Why the fuck did I not realize it was, it was, it was was old Lister himself. Oh, no. Rest in uh, peace. Yeah, he died recently in December. Uh, I have, I learned that he, I think I really read the article, but he had COVID in August, and he seemed like he got it again in December and then passed away. And so he's Debo on Friday, President of Earth in Fifth Element, like we mentioned last time. He has 219 acting credits. He's actually still got some movies in post-production, so um, he'll still be in movies for a little bit longer. Oh, good for him. Uh, so rest in peace to the big homie. Uh, tiny Lister is six five and is about an inch or two taller than Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is not 6'7". Oh shit! That was my. I was going to ask you how tall uh, uh, Tiny was because uh, six five. Hogan is so. Six I'm three, taller than no, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck me! Come on, give Vince McMahon on the phone. Let's make some money. So they probably inflated Hogan's height back in the day because they didn't want to admit that Andre the Giant was under seven feet. Um, but then they just kept doing it. Like I, you'll even hear like shoot interviews with like Scott Hall where he's like inflating Hogan's height. But I think he's doing that to protect his gimmick too, because it's like oh, because Scott Hall's not six. Yeah, because if either or whatever. yeah, because himself as yeah, because if Hogan's actually like six three or six four, that means Scott Hall's like six five maybe. You know. And then um Kevin Nash, oh, he's 6'11", 7 feet, blah blah blah. We know he was like only like six nine when he was playing professional basketball in the European League. So <laughs> <laughs> anyways, they all lie, but Man, most of most lie they're gonna bill about you as six five. I want be billed as like six six ten or something. Yeah, they they lie about men lie about their height in general or don't understand how tall they are in general, and then it's even more exaggerated for uh, combat sports and professional wrestling. I mean, they even exaggerate a little bit in like professional sports. Yeah, for sure. Well, they me- measure them with the shoes on and then add another inch or so. We oh, make- I mean, with my shoes on, I'm I'm, I'm a little over. I'm way over 6 <laughs> five. Gotta give, Ke- make sure Kevin Durant's a beast. I knew it. I knew Hogan was under. Like, wasn't as solid as said he was. Fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, little man. I mean, he's still a giant human being though. He's like bigger than me. <laughs> I don't know. Is he though? I guess. Actually, if so, I'm Debo size, he looks close to where you would be. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he's got bigger biceps than me for sure. He's got a bigger, like, power belly than me. Uh, you don't want that power belly. Well, he, it's actually not too bad in this movie. I was he, this is like he's really lean in this movie for Hulk Hogan. Do you notice that? Yeah, I think he really explodes a year or two after this. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because, yeah, the, the steroid scandal is like 93, right? Mm-hmm yeah so the next few years is when he's at his biggest and yeah he gets he gets a fucking belly man but he's got like a power belly in this one but it's like the just one you get from like deadlifting and shit you know and probably from steroids still but you know he's just he's a big fella he's still a big dude not trying to take it away from how big he is or whatever but he's not as tall as he says. he's all, oh you can take it away from him now he's a you know an old racist man what's he gonna do Oh, yeah, that's true. I could definitely beat the shit out of him now. And I bet, you know, my biceps might be bigger than his now. I bet he still works out and does a ton of steroids. Yeah, but I, he doesn't, there's no way he's got 24 inch pythons anymore. And I bet mine are like <laughs> 20. I'll ta- I'll challenge you to buy the bice- bicep, uh, <laughs> python measuring contest. My, <laughs> you, me, Jesse Ventura, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, mine, mine is so big. They look like they don't fit on my body. Uh, we also got Kurt Fuller, who is the ultimate 80s, 90s, shitty businessman, weasel type villain. Yeah, you know, you've seen him. You love him. Wayne's World, um, this, uh, you, you know, he, Gremlins too. No, not Gremlins. I, he's just, he's always playing this character and shit. You, you know who he is. And finally, the shining beacon in the movie, the only person I like in the movie, completely mistreated by the film, Joan Severance. Um, she plays the beleaguered love interest, who's basically comically uses comic relief because she's a woman in the '80s. Uh, it's complete. It's pretty hard to watch. Her entire career is seemingly just having played, unfortunately, attractive naive women who get exploited. Uh, bummer. Um, I love her. I love everything about her. She's way too good for this movie. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> There's other actors in it too, but more importantly, Howard Finkel's in it. Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> mean Gene Oko. Mean Gene. And uh Rip's opponent for the first match, Jake Bullet, is uh, Axe from Demolition. Uh the Sans makeup. He's got a little bit around his eyes. Yeah, he's got that eyeshadow going. He's on. also in like better shape than I remember Axe being. He's obviously like a um um a big strong which is what i call like the kind of fat power lifter guys he's a big strong but he's like not as fat as i remember him being in his hey to axe well i mean the the like the 89 88 demolition those guys are pretty beefy uh, Well, the axe I mean, starts to lose lose it after this you know I mean? by the time they hit like what SummerSlam 93 well that's the thing is uh, demolition was supposed to be like the knockoff of the road warriors right the road warriors were fucking actually huge and muscular. And then Demolition always... Was yeah, they look like, like bikers. Yeah, like, they are big Strongs, but they, like, they didn't ever get to, like... They didn't do any cutting ever or any dieting, you know what I mean? <laughs> Smash is, it was called Smash because he smashed all those amateurs. Yeah, they, they exactly. Like, they were probably eating, like, 6,000-calorie garbage every day and then hitting the gym every other day to do some dips, you know what I mean? <laughs> And then even like animal sometimes would like let himself get blown out. It was mostly Hawk who was like insane steroid man and insane insane. (laughs) Insane. And then um a very young and unknown Marcus Buff Bagwell can also be seen as an extra in several scenes. I couldn't find him. I couldn't find him. The whole movie I was trying to find him. I couldn't find him. I didn't see Buff the Stuff. He probably is like not Buff or looks like Buff Bagwell yet, you know what I mean? Because he would have been pretty young. Maybe he plays Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Randy. Randy. Buff. Ah, you can do it, Rip. Come on, Rip. Rip him, Rip. Rip. Yeah, so um wrestling's fucking weird. Like, I no, love it. Don't say. But when you think about it, you say think about it critically, you're like, Buff Bagwell? A f- that human being, <laughs> people <laughs> bought his merchandise and thought he was cool, <laughs> you know. What I mean? Remember, he had that top hat and shit? oh my god, and his fucking little his little dance he did, yeah. And he had his tongue pierced and he's always showing it off. <sighs> what a and then remember the storylines with his mom? They brought I the- try to forget it, but yeah, I oh do. Oh my I- god, <laughs> wrestling, what are you? Uh, it's the height of camp, though, which is what's great about it, but unfortunately, this film does not have any of the joyful camp of wrestling. Yeah, that was like, they really try to strip it down and make it seem legitimate, which is not. It just comes, it becomes like one of the worst canon action movies I've seen. Like, it doesn't even have enough camp to be a canon movie. It's just like the distillation of every bad 80s action movie and like Hulk Hogan's in it. Over the Top was more exciting. Over the Top's fucking 10 times the movie this film (laughs) is. (laughs) <laughs> Stallone's crazy, but at least the man has some charisma. You know, what I mean? <laughs> crazy because Hulk Hogan made his whole career off of charisma, right? But he's just a fucking charisma vacuum in this movie. Yeah, well, I, I don't, there's a different kind of charisma you can you can bring to professional you know, wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's over the top mm-hmm. and it doesn't quite work Anywhere for else? an hour and a half. You know. <laughs> Well, what you, so opening scene, um, Hulk, slow mo, roaring. It's 80 too, so it makes it even weirder. What do you, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> my favorite part yeah. is the uh, spit dripping off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's uh, ADR of him coming to the ring, too, where he's like, rip him, gonna rip him, rip him up, get that man to rip. <laughs> he just keeps talking about ripping him. Oh, man, rip that booty hole. <laughs> yeah, it's badly ADR'd, so it, it makes it this is weird. This is really the only time we see, or we don't even really see him that much, but we hear Mean Gene and Jesse the Body. Oh, yeah, this is the only time they show up. Uh, we get to see Jesse. Uh, and you seem Jean too Eugene but Eugene you, you too. can only can remember jesse because of his outfit but he's got fucking like a gold chainmail head skirt mm. on <laughs> so fucking jesse ventura rules man uh randy's uh the beefer in the film so just imagine randy is the beefer you'll get the idea of ed leslie i'm <laughs> <laughs> the beefer uh, did you notice that uh, he tightens his headbands only to throw it off before getting in the ring <laughs> thought that was a nice touch uh, the uh, Axe's you know, Ed Bullard or whatever they call him his special move is the big sleeper that no one escapes so right? he's got in the sleeper hold I like that even in um, this fake wrestling movie they're like you know we gotta work in a lot of wrestles <laughs> <laughs> Hogan and, and Axe can't go for that long <laughs> <laughs> yeah those would be like the two guys who couldn't because like Smash was the demolition guy that did like all the work and then Hulk Hogan um, not known for his cardio <laughs> or, his, uh, or his ring work, really. No. Although, although somehow he managed to drag Ultimate Warrior to a decent match. Uh, Ultimate Warrior just has so much energy <laughs> <laughs> uh, from cocaine and Hulk Hogan, too. <laughs> uh, you'll notice Hulk Hogan as rip did the double axe handle as a special move, not the uh, people's leg drop. Apparently, that was Hogan's finisher when he was in Japan, too, it was uh, running double axe handle. It's like the lamest fucking finisher in the world. The leg drop's lame as shit, too. <laughs> yeah, but at least it, you know, there's some energy behind it. I guess. Part of me really loves the old finishers in um wrestling for the simplicity of it. But there was only a few wrestlers who were good enough to really sell that shit, right? Like Jake the Snake with the DDT. Oh yeah. Macho Man with the elbow drop. There's ones that were like fucking or Kurt Henning with the perfect plex. You know, like shit that was like, oh, this is fucking badass. Fucking leg drop big boot to the face <laughs> uh i am gonna gorilla press you and then do a splash <laughs> <laughs> the splashes look good he would get quite a lot of air and the gorilla press is impressive when he would do it to certain guys but like he couldn't do it to hogan or the big boss man or Oh anything. no, he did he, he he definitely gorilla pressed hogan in really the, in the wrestling six yeah i don't know if he did it after that but that's fucking insane because Hogan weighs yeah, around 300, 300 yeah, around 300 probably. Over I mean, he's probably built 300. Yeah, I bet he weighs like 280. No, if he's, like, if he's not 6'7, I can't imagine he's over 300 pounds. All right, so if he's 6'3, and the, the most I ever got to was it was like 320, yeah, but uh, muscle weighs quite, muscles way denser than fat, and Hulk Hogan is fucking dense with muscle, you know what I mean? It's like when he's at his biggest in like 1990, he's absolutely over 300 pounds. Right, in this movie, I bet he's like 280. Um, after this uh, wonderful display of uh, two gladiators in the ring doing real gladiatorial work, real the real height of American culture, these gladiators. Uh, we cut to uh, Mr. Fuller or whatever, um, or Mr. Brell. The, the actor's name is Fuller. Uh, he uh, he says he needs wrestling to save the network. I'm guessing this is also Vince McMahon did most of the writing for <laughs> the network part for like all the like media uh, executive shit because it's like we got we <coughs> Hulk Hogan or Rip we need him it's the only thing that'll keep the network afloat. And he's like, yeah, this is a real cutthroat shark world that I'm used to. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, the, I,
0: I'm in there with the, the head of uh, USA Network. And he's like, come on, Vince. We need you to take the raw from one hour to three hours. Come on, do it. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's talking. We got to get that jock ass versus the sweat hog. And he tells the lady to take a leak. One of the worst scenes in the movie. Anytime they have any of these boardroom, like entertainment media scenes in this film. It's just—it's the worst. (laughs) It's just uh, Vince McMahon power fantasy come. Well, no, I'm the (laughs) thing is, I bet this is exactly how Vince McMahon acts in situations like that and shit. You know what I mean, where he's just yelling at people because he's, ah, wrestling's the most important shit to ever be on TV. I'm the most important man. I'm friends with Donald Trump. Oh, Uh, give me a steak roll up with ketchup. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) doesn't know what a fucking burrito is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is where we see um, Rip's everyday business gear. We got the do-rag, red and black tights, red and black shirt, a weightlifting belt. And this is immediately when I saw him, I was like, this is such a weird-looking jock-ass dude. (laughs) How is he famous? How am I watching this movie? (laughs) Uh, So he has a meeting with um, our villain because wrestling is the most important shit to ever be on TV. You get it? He's big news, Rip. He's as he's big as Hulkamania. It's Rippermania. Rippermania. Ripping, rip. It's riptastic. They're ripping him. They're ripping and riding. Riding and ripping. Yep, this he's, is the thing down on spits. He's almost as famous as um the Jack the Ripper, the man who ushered hmm. in the 20th century. Hmm. Yeah. am uh, <laughs> I've got Rippermania. Ripper <laughs> I've got <laughs> Rippermania. <laughs> <laughs> can't stop you're, uh, you're killing prostitutes I can't stop ripping them <laughs> he does uh, he offers him some juice but I noticed he neglected to offer him any IcoPro the official protein drink of the WWF <laughs> <laughs> he sho- he literally shoves the check down that man's throat and then he um, he's like I'm not gonna be around for this declare <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he uh, growls like a, he like does a gorilla like intimidation on um the other two guys but on his way out the door, he manages to hit him with the rip, rip, rip him sign. Do you see that? <laughs> <sighs> Which is the dumbest sign in the world. It's like the shitty shocker, bro. Well, little does he know that his driver is also in league with Braille because everyone somehow the, everything in this film is Braille's machinations. Yeah, even the other studio executive that works at the network that, that he works for Is somehow in league Bro? Yeah, and his love interest, the journalist, or the uh, she's not a journalist. She's yeah, that's the one one I'm talking about. She's the executive of the TV station that he works for. So somehow she got all the way up. Well, I thought she. I don't think she was an executive. I think she was like a marketing consultant. You, know, I, well, I don't I know. None knows? of that makes sense. Yeah, like, well, who, it's not adequately explained, really. But she comes in talking about merchandising athletic wear, and he's like, "Um, I actually only care about uh, charity because I'm a real American." <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, how much? Uh, what's my cut kind on of athletic wear, huh? Yeah, but also, when she, he's first introduced to her, he's like, I can't wait to do some 80s-style business with this dame, by which I mean sexual her. <laughs> he's, like, literally biting his thumb and, like, sweating and shit, mm, looking at her. Yeah. I can't hear a damn thing this woman says. Yeah, before that, though, um, we have the best scene in the film. Like I said, the driver is under the thumb of Braille. He imprisons him in the backseat and Hogan's kicking the car all over the street. So one, of, one of the great Hogan lines, that I'm sure, him and Vince came up with, is he punches the, the partition and he says, "Um, try so try this on for size." <laughs> and then it's just growling and kicking, and it's great too because you can tell he's just in a little set by himself when they're filming like the interior of the limousine so it's fun to imagine Hulk Hogan just growling and kicking <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> he has to act like he's fallen over from like the crazy turns the driver's making and shit he's like whoa, whoa. Oh, hey!" Uh, the driver takes him to an ambush obviously he easily trounces some thugs he grabs the driver and he says brother what's that smell <laughs> there's some dookies in your pants Dookie. <laughs> Uh, which is, of course, my favorite line in the film because just like Vince McMahon, I guess I like duty <laughs> humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then it's, he. Hey, uh, what if we uh, have this famous uh, lady wrestler uh, give birth to a hand? Sable, get out there and show the people your bottle. <laughs> <laughs> the ratings are through the roof. Oh, sunny days are here again. <laughs> What so if I cheat on my wife publicly with Sable, but I wrote it into the script so it's not cheating? Oh, unbelievable! All <laughs> oh, that Sable beef. Uh, when uh, Ripper mentions that he's only concerned with charity, I like how everyone's like, "Oh, my, I gasp. Oh, oh, oh Lord. Lord! How could he? Uh, to challenge him though, uh, our our love interest, our heroine, Joan Severance. I don't remember what her character's name is. <laughs> She's like, alright, well, we'll go to dinner tonight at 8. And the way Hogan acts out the scene is like, he's like, oh, I've never gotten this far before. Ripper's never had sex. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> he looks so I sad. better ask Randy. Yeah. Randy, what do I do? But they go to an uptight French restaurant with an uptight French um, maitre d' garçon, if you will. and uh, she's, No one farts uh, like garçon. Yeah, she's like, ha, ha you dumb fucking idiot wrestler. You don't know <laughs> anything about French cuisine. Uh, escargot is, like. is snail, huh? <laughs> Turns out he's uh, not only is he a, working, a real working class hero because the uh, kitchen staff love him, but he's a man of culture as well. He's very well known at the uh, French restaurant, a man of uh, taste and culture. He's a man who can do it all. He's, just, oh, he's, just, uh, he's a, a world traveler, well rounded man. I like when yeah, man has of gets to uh, phonetically sound out some French words. <laughs> There's this extended scene where the executives go to like a tough redneck bar. It goes on way too long. And it's core purpose is to set up Zeus a little bit, but also just to like make fun of these suits, right? And it's like, Vince McMahon, you are these guys. You're you're spending twenty minutes of your movie to make fun of yourself. Do you not realize you're just No, no, man. Vince McMahon is like the, the lead CEO guy who was like not afraid at all in the situation. He's just making fun of all his little cronies. Oh, like uh the brisket I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that's what his thought is, right? It's like oh I'm I'm i am I lift weights and I'm I'm a tough guy too, but it's like no, you're you're a tiny wiener man too. Come on, man. 20 minutes? was making fun of yourself. And yeah, it's easily fucking... How long did you see say that scene? seen is, is, It felt oh, like it an hour. Too long. I definitely started it checking just, uh, Reddit or, or Twitter. Yeah, I was doing other shit. Like, it was like fucking... It just kept going. And I was like, it's been so long since Hogan's been on screen. What is happening? Where's Hulk Hogan? I want to see Hogan again. <laughs> finally, What's he De- wearing? Finally, Debo shows up. Zeus. Because he's kicking the shit out of all the other tough guys, right? What was the uh, the stupid name they have for this thing? Battle of the Tough Guys or some shit? Yeah, that's when they turned into a show. But there's a great scene where uh, finally they cut back to the Hulkster and he's hanging out with Randy and um an older black gentleman who appears in this scene and this scene only. No, he's in two scenes. He's in the very beginning oh. and he's at the end too. He gets kicked by Zeus. Oh, well, he's supposed to be Rip's trainer. The trainer, yeah. I guess, yeah. And he's like, oh, I know that, that boy. Piece of exposition. He, I used to train him, and then I heard he killed the kid. <laughs> Couldn't train him anymore. Couldn't control him. He's a wild beast animal. Not hey, like you, me. I'm one of the good ones. You get it, you know, uh, Mandingo? You know that racist shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you get it, you get it. He killed the kid. Uh Zeus is still wearing his um prison uniform too. Did you notice that? Not for long. He's gonna get a cool belt. Yeah. And a unibrow. I think he starts off with a unibrow, I believe. And he even has disease shaved into his head. It's just like he's made a vest out of his prison uniform that still has his uh, prison number on, because you know he's straight out. He went straight from prison to go fight in Tough Guy Bar. I mean, he's a tough. He's a tough guy. I guess that's what you do when you're a recidiv- recidivist. <laughs> um. So yeah, then they the the executive guy loves it so much he creates a Tough Guy. Uh, who's the toughest guy? What is it called? Battle of the Tough Guys Battle I of think. the Tough guys. Yeah. Not Which even is, like Yeah I even even like, come on, 100% like Vince yeah. R- McMahon has come up with better ideas than that Well yeah what's tough enough Is like the name of like their Oh yeah or I mean you can even done like King of the Ring or something Come on guys Who's the toughest of the tough guys Who's the beefiest beef boy around Who's got all the beef oh, Look at that beefy boy oh, Beef man, man. The Beef Man's here to give you the beef. Ooh, look at that beefy boy. Mm-hmm. Really, what precludes the Attitude Era is, uh unre- our unregulated murder show did great numbers, but we've got all these complaints. And then the Vince McMahon stand-in's like, yeah, but the dumb assholes watched it anyways, didn't they? Say, say we'll show them your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see the next episode of uh, Who's the Toughest Guy. Um, they use a lot of like cliche 80s movie sets. You know what I mean? Like a oh, tough redneck bar. For some reason, he fights the guy in a foundry <laughs> with a, a hammer. Yeah, they look pretty good, though, but I'm guessing they're like they're probably existing sets from other movies. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair that Zeus has to fight the guy with like a giant wrench, right? But yeah, that's it feels like that. he should get a wrench too. Just how badass Zeus is. You'll notice in the film, um, he's always spreading his lats. Why is he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> it looks real cool. He's always walking around with his lats spread It looks like he has What is it, ILS Invisible lats syndrome, but he (laughs) has lats He's got like He's he's got invisible lats On top of his real lats (laughs) It's the weirdest shit (laughs) And later on he has a costume that Accentuates, like the final fight Accentuates his wideness And he straight up flexes His lats to take that shit off It's the coolest shit (laughs) He's like, this is how I'm taking off my vest. I just like the thing. he's like, Hogan, my lats are bigger. He is bigger than Hogan. It's crazy. That guy should have been a wrestler. Tiny he did. Wrestler. He wrestled a couple of things.
1: Also Oh shit.
0: Oh, shit. He definitely can't. I remember watching him in WCW at one point. Like years later. Oh, did they bring it? they must they probably did bring him back home? They're like, it's Zeus! Zeus, he's back. Remember to hold the bar? <laughs> he's back for <laughs> revenge. He's part of the Dungeon of Doom with Kevin Sullivan. And the powers of darkness Will lead you through the Labyrinth of Terror Hulk Hogan Have you ever seen clips from that um, Angle when Hogan first went to the WCW Oh yeah yeah I remember that with uh, Kevin It was Sullivan. like a giant cage match wasn't it Well yeah the, the I can't remember what it was like The so tree woes and the, uh, and uh, Kevin, Kevin Sullivan's stable right? was called The Dungeon of Doom yeah. And it was him, uh Beaver as the Zodiac The giant Uh, The first time Giant appeared, actually. Fucking woman who uh, Nancy (laughs) Sullivan slash Nancy Benoit slash rest in peace. Some other people. But yeah, it was basically, we're going to destroy Hulkamania by torturing him with the powers of Satan. And then, yeah, they culminated in a two-tiered cage match where Hogan had to fight through everybody. But it was one of the most god-awful matches of all time. I don't know, man. Some wrestling shit. WCW. Oh, shit. And the Yeti. The Yeti. <laughs> the yeti. That was also oh, fun. don't question why he's wrapped up like a mummy. It's the Yeti. <laughs> he's a Yeti, not a mummy. The Yeti. Yeah, that was all that was do the same thing. It's all man. God, Jan Gonzalez's <laughs> fault. He's supposed to be here. Oh, the Yeti. <laughs> Man, the fucking wrestling will try anything. Oh my god. It's the Shockmaster. <laughs> Shockmaster. The best part of that Shockmaster clip is um, if you listen for it, you can hear Sid Vicious go, uh, told you he's gonna fall and bust his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sid Vicious, who famously stand on Anderson with the scissors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: man, awesome. Arn
0: Anderson looks like a dude who would beat the shit out of you, I would never stab him with the scissors, yeah, Arn Anderson looks like the fucking meanest stepdad high school football coach kind of guy you know what I mean, he's got big ass hands for his littleies too, it's like scary like fucking Midwest power fucking eating corn this <laughs> whole him and Brock Lesnar look dangerous Uh, man, oh, um, Randy uh, Joan Severance comes to pick up Hulkster for some reason and Randy gets to meet her, and he's like, you got a nice grip. And Hulk Hogan's thinking, well, what about mm. that pussy grip? He goes, Um, got to have them ribs and pussy too. Uh, I would like to uh, have a doctor remove one of your ribs and baste it with uh, A&W root beer style barbecue sauce. And eat it. I was talking about Obama, and you made it weird. <laughs> no, I didn't. Army Hammer did. Have <laughs> you ever <laughs> seen Obama's greatest speech? It's Which funny. one? He's really, it's actually, he's very young and he's reading an excerpt, an excerpt from a book, but, uh, the clip oh. that everyone passed around is gotta have them ribs. <laughs> Pussy too. Pussy too. It's just great to hear it in Obama's voice, you know? <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. So they go back to Ripper's hometown or some shit and he like staged a robbery to look tough in front of Joan Severance, I think that's what i got out of it right (laughs) he's like first he's like here check out my uh, ex-girlfriend she's black so i'm not a racist see Uh uh-huh and then oh shit these guys are gonna rob the uh, diner i'll take care of it i'm pretty impressive huh huh and then oh whoops uh they uh, only got one room and it's a single bed yeah that's the funniest thing to me is like we're on a trip funded by this huge tv executive yeah and uh you're my marketing manager, whatever the fuck she is. But hey, only 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 one room and one bed, huh? Weird. Yeah, I can't afford it. <laughs> well, we find out it was a setup by Brell to seduce him specifically, but she chickened out. Um if anyone still has the, the film available to them, I'd i, uh, I uh, implore you to go back and rewatch the scene where he's beating up the um guys in the diner. Uh, I'll do my rendition of the song that I heard in the background now. <laughs> 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 the soundtrack <subject> is awful. <laughs> the catch my blue dreams, dang man, get ready, get some radio bitches coming over to now. It's a redneck party all day. Wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> I think that was it. Only to be topped by the final song at the very end. Oh, the it's no holes, by yeah, the yeah! very generic pop rock ballad. <laughs> and so they only got one bed. Um, Hogan sets up a, a sitcom scenario, right? He creates a little fortress. <laughs> <laughs> he does this because, if you'll recall, Rip has never had sex. He's actually terrified of this woman. My my whole life has been uh, uh, biceps. I only lift weights. My life was lifting weights, and, and that's it. I go pro. I don't know how to love a woman. I only know how to love the weights, cause iron never lies. But he's also thinking, what about that pussy grip? Mm-hmm. Um, she does come out of the bathroom in not a nightgown. Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, underwear. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking dig it. That's a cool ass look. So it is, but uh, I'll tell you right now, that's uncomfortable as shit to sleep in. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no no woman actually wants to sleep in that shit like fucking well, yeah, because she's basically wearing a bra, and it's like, um no, as soon as you get home from out in public, you're not wearing a bra based on every girl I've had a relationship <laughs> yeah, essentially correct yeah, like the, the bra any time bras are no fun from when I wear think. a bra, you're not wearing a bra. I get it because I basically have sworn off ever wearing underwear again. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't remember the last time I wore underwear. Yeah, it's it's bef- around. It was before the pandemic started, and it was after the pandemic started. It was definitely like this is no underwear zone. I think I had a I had a job interview um in like June of last year. I think we're underwear then, but then before that, I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> I was like um the last time I put on clothes, I was like. I guess I should put on underwear, but then I was like, unless... And I just put my pants on over the basketball shorts that I was already wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, all right, Well, I see we're ready dun't, to go. Dunt, dunt, And there's also like, I didn't put on real pants either, though. I just put on, like, joggers, <laughs> like, track pants. But yeah, so it's a cool-ass look. Obviously, it's not something you would normally wear. Um, but it's been a long time since we've seen a nightgown in a film, and this is nightgown, Jason. Enough that I get two thumbs up. Ow. Uh she asks, <laughs> "What do you think of uh, Hulk Hogan's nightgown?" Um, he's a little shorty shorts, yeah, his little booty shorts, and then eventually just his undies. Um, this is all right. I mean, that's like Hulk Hogan's in pretty good shape in this movie. Normally, I like don't find Hulk Hogan's body like aesthetically pleasing at all you know what I mean it's just so ridiculous and like big overinflated but like he looks not normal in this by any means but like more normal than usual it's like yeah I guess that's just like a big strong guy but normally he just like all my memories of him and all his wrestling matches and shit he just so fucking insane he just looks bloated and inflated it's so weird not like my man Rick Rude probably the greatest wrestling body of all time <laughs> uh he's Ravishing fucking, Rick Rude, I think it's just a full title. Man, fucking cut up! Oh, you dumb couch potato, eating fuck faces out there! Look at me and wonder what your woman dreams of. <laughs> that is his whole gimmick, too, right? Is like you guys all suck. I can take your your women, right? And like Rick Rude was our mom's favorite wrestler, so I think that shit was real. <laughs> but mom, mom just has a thing for a mustache, mustache guys. Yeah, mustache guys. Yeah. Mustaches and cool voices. Ricker had a cool voice too. Yeah. You're right, that is what it is, because it's Sam Elliott, Billy D, Rick, Reed. Rick Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Um one of the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> one of the Gibbs from Australia. Oh, that's another thing Australia has. Remember we got they got Akadaka Kangaroos. Bee Gees. Bee honestly <laughs> um, uh BJ's Definitely more famous than Akadaka. I don't know if they're more famous, but I like them more than Akadaka. <laughs> BGs have some good songs. Listeners are like, "What fucking disco shit?" First of all, there's a lot of disco songs that are not bad at all. Um, disco's actually pretty cool if you look into it. And yeah. BGs did much more than disco, and they're fucking pumping out hit after hit, like in a weekend. So fuck Akadaka. It's all about the <laughs> BGs. The brother's gib. So she asks the Hulkster to turn off the light. Um, I only include this specific uh, element of the scene because um, he goes, you got it, and then makes creepy fucking eye contact. And mm-hmm. with the he's like staring down the barrel of the camera and with a weird grin. This Hulk Hogan, this fucking weirdo, this man is so fucking weird. <laughs> and then I imagined, you know, the recording of him where he, I'm races up to a point. And, oh. and we're this and we're that. You know, he's like in bed with his friend's wife. Yeah. I was just like, oh, what? A... To be a fly on that wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to be. You were there. Well, no, I mean to like visually see it. No. <laughs> like, oh, nah. You don't, mm, nah. Such yeah. a weird guy. <laughs> you don't need to constantly dream that. <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. What would she look like? <laughs> you probably Google it. I'm yeah. not going to. You yeah. can't. <laughs> um then we have some more sitcom shit right he's doing uh push-ups on the edge of the bed uh for uh to get the angle so he can get his teas burning and she's like what's going on and he's like all right don't worry about me ha ha ha, ha. then he breaks the, the bed t-bird. yeah and then he breaks the bed and he's like hmm, and i uh, pussy grips But she's like, ah, you son of a bitch. And he's like, fuck you, you frigid bitch. I'm being polite. I haven't raped you once tonight. (laughs) Break down those walls. (laughs) Then we find out it's because she actually has feelings for him and doesn't want to seduce him illegitimately because it's Mr. Brell's secret plan. And I was like, this is interesting because the character in the film is being exploited in much the same way the actress, Joan Severance, is being exploited for the film. I know we've watched a lot of uh, exploitation and blah, 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 shit, where, like, obviously, like, <clears throat> the progress of women isn't like the, the, the uh, it's zenith in a lot of these films, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, it's like the women are on board. Everyone's kind of having fun. The whole thing's just kind of a piss up, anyways. You know what I mean? It's like not whatever. But there's something about this movie where it's like, Probably because I know it's Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon, right? It's just like this, is like fucking greasy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, one hundred percent because you know the uh, dirty carnival bullshit that goes on behind the scenes in WWF, yeah. and so it just seems so much grosser when it's Yeah, everything weird. about it is just like, oh, what? <laughs> and it's even like, though, I'll- like, to be fair, like the um, the the movie industry in the eighties is not that much different from like WWF. No, I, it's just like the um. I guess because this movie is, it commits the ultimate sin first of being boring. Oh my god! In an hour and a half, it seems yeah. like four hours. And I would rather like, watch Lawrence of Arabia. It doesn't. It's not campy in a fun way. It's just corny. It's not fun at all. It's and it, I feel like. Everyone in the movie who isn't Hulk Hogan is like fucking at the under the barrel of a gun to be in it. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like everyone around was being exploited to be in the movie anyway. So it's just the shit she has to do in the movie is just like, oh. But anyways, uh, Zeus kills Randy. Right? Yeah, he's dead. (laughs) For sure. Well, there's like the orphan party where um, Rip has his best outfit on. I'm absolutely wearing that for Halloween. The, the helicopter comes to bully the orphans or whatever. Uh, and then after that, uh, it, like Zeus challenges Hulk there, but he, he doesn't say anything. And so then um, everyone starts clowning on him. <laughs> <laughs> the Mr. Bro's like, he's a bitch. He declined the challenge. He didn't say anything. You're a bitch. Hey, you're a bitch. Just kick your ass. Uh, you're a bitch. Like, uh, who you rip now? I'm going to yeah. rip you. He's one of those dudes, like, um, he's hiding up behind Zeus, right? He's like the, the little guy in the skinhead gang that has the biggest mouth, you know? Well, yep. basically because at this point I was like, oh shit, there's like 40 minutes left of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Oh, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> at this point I was like, this movie sucks. Uh, so I went and, um, shaved, smoked a cigarette. Um, went about my business, checked out my phone. Um, I was basically done with the movie. Uh, turns out though, um, so uh, Rip gets tricked by a projector and smashes through a window. Uh, Randy's alive, uh, in a wheelchair. Joan Severance is kidnapped. There's some 80 shit. Um, big fight happens. Zeus spreads his lights to take off his entrance gear. Hulk Hogan confirmed not 6'7", because he's about an inch or two shorter than uh, Lister. Pop back in for the final fight. It's god awful, and almost as boring as everything else in the film. <laughs> it really is just terribly choreographed. It's your you can't make barons. it more interesting. This it's all tests of strength, um, bullshit. Zeus dominates, of course. So Rip has to rally back like Hogan. It's basically ever the storyline of every Hogan match, anyways. Um, Kind of rocky shit, except for <laughs> Rip is a murderer, right? Because he fucking kills him. <laughs> Throws him down in the ring and kills him. <laughs> <laughs> is he technically dead at the end of the movie? It's hard for me to judge. The uh, they percent. have, like, blood come out of his ears or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the TV executive definitely executes himself because he's afraid yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of Rip. of old Yeah, He's, he's afraid, afraid he's about to get ripped. He's afraid of Rip and the return of the ADR growls. And then, um, final shot of the film, he does the shocker, bro, to the camera again, freeze the <laughs> bad 80s generic pop rock anthem. And no out- holds, barred. baby, we're out the door. We've seen it, we that's no holds barred. Um, I absolutely hated this movie. Oh man, not me. I'm gonna watch it again tonight. No, it's the worst kind of 80s jock ass corniness. Absolutely no fun. Commits the ultimate sin of being boring. Um, it's like barely anything redeeming about it except for like the Hulk spectacle. Of fashion. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Hulk Hogan has a spectacle of human being. Like, what? Is, how did this happen? Who <laughs> <it>? <laughs> how do they allow this men to interact with regular people? Yeah, it's honestly I like don't get it. Even when I was a kid, I was not a Hulk, I was not a little Hulkster. I was a fan of the Macho Man, Jake the Snake. So it's now as an adult and having like even more refined tastes—not refined as in better, but more specific to myself. It's like this fucking weird motherfucker. He <laughs> was like, "Can you imagine if like there was people that are like sexually attracted to him?" You know. What I mean? like, <laughs> The Kyle, shit Kyle. there's a lot of people that are sexually attracted I bet he got lots of pussy out of there we're That's up. so crazy to me He's such a weird looking dude He's it not like, all kinds. He's not like Shawn Michaels Or fucking Big Daddy Cool Diesel You know what <laughs> I mean? At least they're like handsome dudes This He's fucking He looks weird man <laughs> He's a weird looking dude What's with the mustache and the crazy eyes He's got crazy eyes The critics agreed though Uh that it wasn't a good movie. It widely panned, 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Oddly not, enough, Roger Ebert called it the greatest movie of 1989. Nope, in his 1999 or 1991 review of Suburban Commando, a much better Hulk Hogan film, uh, Robert Ebert recalled that, despite the fact that Hulk Hogan's public image is often aimed at children, his first film, No Holds Barred, was surprisingly violent, sexist, and blood-soaked. And not in the fun way. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were all looking for. That's what I'm looking for in 80s film. Violent, sexist, blood soaked, but like fun. But like we're having fun because <laughs> we're making a movie. You know what I mean? It's a movie, it's fun. <laughs> Not this one. It's deadly serious the, how important wrestling is to TV. And um, Joe that's like the only thing that really matters in the entire plot it's the, yeah it's the show how important TV. And wrestling is to tv Yeah. It, 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 like all the other shit falls away like randy is just not really in it his fucking trainer is, why is he like, fucking why is randy in the fucking movie <laughs> it's like after uh, motivation or something i don't know and and like the the shit with the um, his love interest is just all pointless she gets kidnapped at one point <laughs> yeah 80s shit yeah it's all just the how important wrestling is to tv and how important Hulk Hogan is you know what i mean it's like absolutely that 72-hour cocaine writing session in the hotel was just Vince and Hulk like, yeah, oh, and make it so I'm awesome. And uh, you write something so you're awesome too. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They had like the equivalent of a UN meeting to determine how important wrestling was. <laughs> it turns out really important. Yeah, it. the most important thing you think of. Siskel agreed, he remarked simply that No Holds Bard is utterly lacking in the campy quality of the World Wrestling Federation's telecasts. Which is like Yeah, they stripped away anything that made wrestling fun. Yeah. Make it weird. <laughs> make him fight like Suburban Commander, make him fight the Undertaker, <laughs> who's a space bounty hunter before um filmed before he debuted as the Undertaker, in fact. Yes, correct. In uh, in fact, he was under contract with the WWF at that time. Vince McMahon recommended it to him for it, and he said, "Don't worry, we can work it into an angle in in WWF. Maybe you can like feud with Hulk Hogan as like a I don't know, like a space bounty hunter or some shit." <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon famously has no real ideas. Yeah, but, well, luckily they went with the uh, much more realistic undead Undertaker, <laughs> <laughs> undead zombie from. Uh, Fucking Death Valley, Arizona. <laughs> I mean, it worked for him for many years, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to ride a motorcycle instead. Somehow, the, absolutely the longest-running, most successful gimmick of any wrestler of all time. And when you stop and think about it, you're like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> People love zombies. Yeah, that's that's basically it all it was. Yeah, yeah, he also did the American Badass. Um, and then lame. Um, That's lame. Late career, taker. one of the the longest running and most successful gimmicks, to one of the lamest gimmicks. Yeah, but then he went back to Deadman and Late Career Takers, like kind of just a mix of um Deadman and being. <laughs> I'm like, old uh, now. I don't give a shit. Yeah, <clears throat> and then he wrestled Bill Goldberg, and it was fucking embarrassing. <laughs> after he'd already retired, and it was like, come on, man, <laughs> fucking Bill Goldberg. But then he came back for WrestleMania. And he wrestled the AJ Styles in a pre-recorded, interesting experiment of wrestling. <laughs> I won't say it was good. It was interesting. <laughs> it's something different. Yeah, they tried something. But yeah, hopefully he's retired for real for now. <laughs> no, I, The Undertaker just he's that's the thing with wrestlers. Is they, not. That's the problem with wrestlers. They just keep coming back and ruining their legacy. You know. They'll have like the perfect like. Well, I mean, it's the problem is ash. that none of these guys really make mm, like uh, retirement money. You know what I mean? They don't. No, ever Undertaker, save. Undertaker is rich as fuck. Oh, isn't? I don't know about the finances, but yeah, no, That's Undertaker, usually why most of these guys come back. That's like why Terry Funk kept coming back. Undertaker did come back for the huge payday at the Saudi Arabia one with Bill Goldberg, which was embarrassing. But um, I think in general he he keeps coming back for the love of the game more than anything because. Undertaker's been Vince McMahon's like loyal little lapdog his entire career, you know. Yeah, that's true. I think he's been taken care of, and he's also like not a drunk or a drug addict or block, any of these things. You know what I mean? So I don't think he's squandered his money. I think he's doing it for the love of the game, except for. Undeniable fucking big payout for those Saudi Arabia joints they did. You know what I mean? Like
1: Sean you know Michaels, Yeah, money.
0: If Sean Michaels came out of like ten year retirement to go fucking die in Saudi Arabia, because <laughs> he's like, well, they're gonna pay me a million for one night. I'll be there. It's more than that, I'm sure. It's like fucking twelve million, no problem. Yeah, but yeah, Saudi blood, blood money for sure. But um, as depicted in this film, we saw and everything else Vince McMahon's done with his life. He has absolutely no morals or ethics. He's just like Hulk Hogan, one of the weirdest fucking human beings that's ever lived. No, not Vince McMahon. Yeah, I... Unbelievable. Hey, uh, his wife was a member of Donald Trump's cabinet. <sighs> Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, God. He's friends with Vince McMahon. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I was there. When Vince McMahon died in an explosion, and Donald Trump thought it was real, he called the mixture is okay. But then, luckily, uh, Chris Benoit actually killed his family later that week, so they had to drop that angle. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, I really want to write the uh, screenplay for the Chris Benoit movie. Oh man, but, yep, mm. I'd love to do a treatment of that. I, I would prefer to do um like a uh, Eddie Guerrero biopic because he's like one of the coolest wrestlers of all time and not I mean, it still has a tragic ending. I don't if it to do a, like a biopic for a wrestler. It would be one of the older guys. Eddie Guerrero? No, I mean even older than that. Like Dino Bravo. Oh, Hector Guerrero. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but definitely one of the Guerrero's. No, I, <laughs> I would definitely want to do it about um, a luchador. That's like way more interesting than the American shit. Maybe a Japanese wrestler, too. I just, the culture around wrestling in Mexico and Japan is way more interesting than the American shit. Uh, that's true. Well, that's no holds barred. I love wrestling, but it's the worst, and it has some of the worst people in it. Except it was for made G- by Vince McMahon. So. Yeah, Jason Ventura is the best. He, he should have ran for president. <laughs> Aliens did it. Yeah. <laughs> He's not that big of a weirdo. Eh, I know, but... He's just more like, more. maybe Bigfoot's real. <laughs> yeah, not the guy I necessarily want running for president. <laughs> but hey, we had Donald Trump, so how much worse can it be? I mean, big deal. He thinks Bigfoot might be real. I think Bigfoot could be real. I don't know. I'm fine with it. At least he wanted to unionize back in the day, you know what I mean? For the people, for the workers. Uh, uh, Jesse, will the Yeti be in the union? <laughs> the Yeti! <laughs> <laughs> um. Next week we're gonna watch uh, Streets of Fire uh, Those streets, they're on fire Yeah, basically when I think of Streets of Fire I just think of Um 80s saxophone music <laughs> that's like my memory of it so hopefully it's just explosions and saxophones <laughs> now you mention it that's that's what i think of too yeah i mean it's got willem defoe and diane lane in it before either of them are like huge stars so that, that's cool and I mean, diane lane what a babe hell yeah it's like diane lane what a babe wonderful what a well, babe yeah big dick <laughs> big dick willem we call him in the industry, the industry of watching yeah, large yeah. on movies, <laughs> the industry of just being weird—that is my industry. And <laughs> brother, business is booming. <laughs> Speaking of um the industry of being weird, um, canon uh, basically. Oh, um, K-pop—it's not very sexual. No, K- Korean, Korean culture t- in general, like from the movies and TV shows I watch, it does seem a little bit. Like, uh, what's we're looking for here? Repress? Yes. I don't think it's as bad as Japan by any means, but um, are you know cultural neighbor. However, they're obviously would say just say sexless. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's there, but it's like really subtle. Well, they're the the height of um or the the peak of Korean film. Well, I guess the peak of Korean film is right now thanks to um Bong Joon Ho and Parasite. There's a huge interest in Korean film. But in the mid to early teens, 2000s Korean film was very like limit pushing as far as like sexuality and violence. And it seems to have like pulled back from that. Maybe, maybe they're undergoing like a conservative cultural shift. Like we are too. But um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my only uh, thought about um, recently about the amount of Korean culture I've been consuming is they're not very sexual. I like to be a little bit more erotic. If you could, if you could, you could swing it for me. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't want my juices to flow. Huh. Pop music to me is at its best when it's um, it's extremely like sexual. Oh, stuck in on my titties, like mm-hmm. you're calling me, wanting me. It doesn't always have to be that extreme, but like it's fun when it is. I don't know. Maybe I don't know enough about K-pop yet. There's probably artists that are like, um, like well, that's K-pop like, like I would say most pop songs in america all the recent they've gotten a little bit more sexual but for the most part mm-hmm. pop music in america is it's pretty is, is pretty sexless. saccharine. yeah uh, you gotta true. go outside of the mainstream to find like a pop style song that is sexy that's true very true also a lot of it's not very good so at least k-pop's got that beat um rest in peace sophie all of her wonderful amazing production work has really led to a boom in some really good outsider pop music started making to the mainstream but like <clears throat> the amount of k-pop i've been listening to late lately i think like the current style of k-pop has a lot to do with sophie's work she was doing in like 2014 15 16 i think pop music in general owes a lot to what she did so that sucks rest in peace i've been thinking about that since yesterday I guess that's enough rambling for this episode, huh? What's this podcast about? Movies or some shit? (laughs) Yeah, that's what we tell people. Yeah. Next week, uh, or not next week, but next episode Streets of Fire. Two weeks. Streets of Fire. Two weeks. Streets of Fire. Please go to VHSKVLT.com, VHSCult.com. We have two podcasts in addition to this one that's sort of about movies. We have one that's sort of about current events or just whatever we want to talk (laughs) about. Uh, Last two weeks has been a lot of cryptid talk. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I like spooky shit. You can <laughs> you learn more about Canon by listening to that podcast, basically about the Canon lifestyle <laughs> as it as it develops. It's still in its uh, nucleus phase, I'd say. Right, It's in the infancy of it, at least. Um, if you could, please rate and review this podcast and to other one. Give us five stars, ten stars, hundred stars, whatever the max amount of stars. Yeah, Just whatever like, amount of stars that you, you want to give. Do. You know, tell your friends and family about it. Word of mouth apparently helps, helps with shit. I don't know. I don't know about it. I've seen no, no evidence of this. Yeah. Uh, follow Sean on Twitter. Don't bother following me. I don't like, post or anything. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and um, yeah, that's that. VHS cult. Forever and ever. VHS cult.